With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We made this. Hello everyone and welcome to the Rest of Us, a Last of Us podcast from the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm your host Andrew Brooker and joining me this week to talk about episode 5 of The Last of Us, Endure and Survive, is Craig McKenzie. How are you buddy? Hello, I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk some Last of Us. Good. How are you? I am good, thank you. I am good. I'm, we've got to a point now in the, in this, this first season of The Last of Us where actually, I, as, as great as the episodes have been up to this point, I was giddy happy <laughs> as i was watching this one so much happened in this episode that uh that just that that, that was directly lifted from the games i just as a fan i was so so happy yeah it was a busy episode it really was it, it was a very busy episode uh before we get too too far into this i just want to remind everybody that you can follow us on twitter we are at rest of us pod you can email us at uh rest of us pod at gmail.com and if you like the podcast you may Feel free, as much as you want, to head over to Apple Podcast and give us a rating. Uh, five stars are always preferred, but if not, whatever you fancy. Uh, let's let's get started, mate. Tell us a little bit about yourself, because this is your first time on the podcast on this particular podcast. Yeah, well, I'm a reviewer and podcaster. I would say as a hobby, because I don't get paid for it. But I review lots of genre TV shows, so. I'm one of the few people that are still reviewing The Flash before it finishes. I was there at the beginning, be there at the end. I'm determined it's that's, it's that's mission com- completed. Yeah, it's a TV show that was good, great for one season and then never great again. <laughs> but here we are, eight years later, and it's still on. And I, the quality is not great. Literally this morning, I had this conversation with my wife. I spotted there was a season nine trailer dotted about on YouTube, and I went, I don't think we got past season two, because one was great, and two was not. And I think we just gave up on the entire, what was then the Arrowverse. I think we just knocked the whole on it. Well, that's what kept me watching for a while, because it was in a universe with shows I liked. Yeah. I felt like I had to keep watching it to maintain that sense of continuity. I know it's the last one standing, so I might as well finish it. It's just yeah. Oh yeah, but this if you you put this much time and effort into it, and it's on its way out, might as well might as well see it through to the end. Yeah, get it to the finish line to get a running pun in there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I review other things as well. Star Trek. So my Picard reviews will be coming up. All sorts of other stuff. There's an attack podcast called Loop for Pod where I talk about this sort of stuff, just the same sort of stuff in long form, analytical way. I'm a long form analytical guy, so. Oh, good. I, I, just doesn't. Seems I, to be a lost art of the internet or dying art on the internet these days. It absolutely is. About the quick blast, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I don't have that skill. I just I find myself going off on tangents. I find myself I'll just I'll talk about absolutely anything, and yeah, the. I don't have that long form skill anymore. I'll say I think I used to have it, and it just yeah, I'm yeah the 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 TikTok ruined it for me. I think TikTok. TikTok <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not going near that. TikTok and Twitter just killed any any form of long form skill I had. Uh, I can't let myself fall down the TikTok rabbit hole. It's no, it's any more perv that ever happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about your history with the the Last of Us as a video game. Do you have history? So I got it. Us, this video. Oh yeah, I've got a lot of history. Yeah, I've got I got it when it first came out back in 2013 on the PS3, and I was utterly blown away by it from the minute I played it. And I remember getting to the end of it the first time, and then just going through it again immediately. I just replayed it immediately because I wanted to experience it again. And I played it a few times since then. I have got the second one. And I loved that as well. I even sprung for the PS4 remaster. Although I can't bring myself to pay for the remake. I feel like that's a bit of a waste of money. And I, any reviewer I, will tell you, if you have the remastered one, don't buy the remake. Because yeah. It doesn't add enough for full price. It, it adds it adds some stuff. I like the, I like it running in the new engine. It running in the new engine for me is worth it. Uh, but that I'm, I will buy copies of The Last of Us until they stop selling them. So I'm... I'm I'm probably not the person to ask for it. I it is. I I bought it day one and I played it day one and I love it and it looks great. But yeah, if you're not that committed or you're not sure if you want to spend that stupid amount of money, you don't need to. I dare say I'll get it when it goes down to fifteen pound or something like that. Yeah. Once it approaches a reasonable price, I'll end up being like, you know what, I'll get it. But for now, the PS4 version's more than serviceable and. Like I say, any reviewer that I saw, because I was looking up reviews when I first saw it, and that was the question I wanted to get answered. And everybody said, if you own the PS4 version, I wouldn't recommend buying this version. No, you you, you have to be an overcommitted super fan, I think. <laughs> with, with maybe more money than sense. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> but, you know, fair enough. It's And it's going to be on the PC soon, so that'll be the one that PC gamers get to experience. It is a it's a really good because obviously it's the first time it's been on PC, so actually it's a really good version for PC players to to get their hands on. And it does it does do a few things different. There's there's extended is the wrong word, but you can you can get to more bits of the game as you play through, which is was okay. interesting to me. I I I genuinely enjoyed the the remake, but you're not wrong either. A little bit, it's a lot of money for the same game that you don't really need. Yeah, I'm having similar issues with the Dead Space remake and that I want to get it, but not for the price that they're asking for it. I'll... See, I've, I've played that as well. Uh, I would say that one is worth the money you would spend. Okay. Uh, it's... Maybe I'll just replay the original and... and yeah, it's quite different. Satisfying I mean, craving that way. Obviously, this isn't the, the Dead Space podcast, but I, I'll say it is, it, it's a slightly different game. It's, it's had a lot of changes made to it. It's got an interesting... Uh, almost machine learning engine in it that randomizes scares 
So even if you've gone through a section two times before, each scare is going to be different. It's it it will never not have you absolutely shitting yourself. It's a terrifying game. Uh, Okay. I I bought it just because I needed to rinse the taste of the Callisto Protocol out of my mouth, (laughs) and I was really glad I did. Yeah, I'll get it one of these days. Yeah, I've, I've sort of committed to Resident Evil 4 Remake as a day one purchase and then Spider-Man later in the year. Yeah. So, Please and, plus I don't really have time. No, this is, I keep buying these poxy games I've got time to fucking play them. <laughs> like, you see them come down in price a month later and you're thinking... Oh, yeah, you know, exactly. No, every, every time. Every time without fail. Uh, so let's, let's because uh, like I said, we, it is quite a busy episode. There's a lot going on here. So let's Let's have a chat about Endure and Survive, which, like I said, was is the fifth episode of this first season of The Last of Us. Just a cheeky, out of ten, what would you give this this episode? I would give that give this an eight point five. I thought it was a really good episode, and but the thing is, I'm you know I'm not super generous with ratings when it comes to reviewing stuff. I would never give something a ten, for example, because I don't think such a thing exists. But this is a strong eight point five. That's completely fair. Completely fair. I it I think it it does. I like that it's still it. It's essentially the second part of a two part that started off obviously with episode four, uh, and it feels like we're more comfortable with the entire show now. So obviously we've had our our big everyone's going to cry episode. Then we got into Kansas City, and it just feels like a an extended episode that back in the day if we were watching procedural stuff on the tv we would have had a literal to be continued at the end of it because it was the same story to be to continue being told uh i really really like the little bit of backstory we got at the beginning with uh kathleen and her guys taking over kansas city from fedra and going full purge on these guys which i thought was fantastic yeah i like that the tv show does the shifts in perspective to give you a bit of extra information about it, the the world around Joel and Ellie. It's not really appropriate in the game because you're locked to Joel's perspective in the first game and then Ellie's and um, someone else's, I would say, in the second <laughs> game. Yeah. It's, you know, and that makes sense for the game because you want to be in the moment with them the entire time. But here yeah. it makes sense to branch everything out, expand the world a bit. And I like the show at its best when it's giving me something that it didn't give me in the game. Sometimes I feel like it, what it's doing is a little too familiar, and I fully acknowledge I'm bringing that with me as someone that has played the game a number of times. Yeah. As in, like in the first episode, when the escape sequence was almost one-to-one. Yeah. Or just sitting there thinking, I've seen this before. I feel, you know, <laughs> hurry up, get me something else. It's done that a few times. So I like it when it gives me something I haven't seen before. Henry and Sam's backstory a little bit. You get yeah. and the game. You get a bit of context as to why they're there and so on. But it's, again, from Joel's perspective, so really good that they take the time and branch out. They're treating this like a proper adaptation of the game, as in, here's our source material, here's what we can do with it, here's what we can move around and play with. Yeah, you're you're not the first person to say that either, which I find really interesting, because uh, I think I said to them as well, I, I, I struggle with, with being able to switch off the fact that I'm just getting to watch this thing that I love so much being put on the TV. So they're, I've... I've my first time watching each episode, I find it extremely hard to be objective about what I'm watching. But at the same time, I I really 
I love that other people can, and I love that those people are coming onto this podcast to talk to me because it balances me and my bullshit out quite well. But uh, I genuinely, like, so there was, we saw a bit of this in the previous episode as well when Kathleen had sent her guys going door to door looking for people or looking for Sam and Henry. And you saw it more in the beginning of this episode where, with Kathleen. Uh, interrogating a bunch of collaborators, uh, federal collaborators, the people that kind of ratted on other members of their community for various reasons, medicine, food, colouring books, whatever. Uh, and when, because she's, because of who she is and because of how the world has affected her, like she's gone full militant with it. And it was interesting that, that, the creators have lent into this and gone, well, we need to show that when these people rise up and take their city back from Fedra, they're actually, they're possibly going to be just as bad. You know, they're, the level of violence they bring, the 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 kind of ruling, every, ruling everybody with iron fists kind of mentality, they're going to be as bad as Fedra were previously, but we're still going to make it so that you kind of agree with them. Uh, which is solidified a little bit later on when Joel is talking to Sam about uh, how bad Kansas City Federal really were and how and how, and how just genuinely evil they were as a contingent of Fedra. But I'd, I really like the character development of the people that live in that city. Like you say, something that we don't get to see in the game. And they've really they've really pushed on this uh, this continuing theme of how we all lose all of our humanity almost uh, in The Last of Us as the as the world continues to devolve into chaos. It's something more common to the second game, isn't it? These different factions and how they work. It really is, yeah. To get a bit more insight there. So it's, I guess it's something that, that they didn't think to do in the first game and then they did it in the second game. And now we're doing a TV show so we've got a bit more scope in order to branch these things out but I think you're right about the fact that they might be just as bad as Fedra and the idea that yeah these factions are all broken in their own way and they're all self-serving in their own way and it's the idea of well who do you side with because Joel obviously comes from a faction of his own yeah where he does little jobs here and there and he's doing a job at the moment and then you've got the Fireflies that we don't really know an awful lot about in the context of the show quite yet are they good have they got the best interests of anybody except themselves at heart? And I think the answer is that everyone's just looking out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I enjoy spending time with uh, with Henry and Sam as well, hiding out in their their attic that they were hide that, that they had their stuff found in in the previous episode. I like yeah, where they're where they're checking their inventory. Yeah, which was fantastic. As, it was just brilliant. I, I, I mean, I caught onto that as well. You did you watch? You go, oh, look, inventory check. Um, we've all done that. <laughs> Quite. About to go into a big encounter. I mean, let's have a go. It's going to be rough. Not yeah. make it. This is going to be difficult. Oh, look, there's there's stuff here for me to make medkits. Something big is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen anybody scrambling around for 10 minutes. No. Looking through drawers yet. They haven't done that yet. <laughs> Oh, see, those are those moments where I kind of go, I just, I just want someone just to open a drawer and find a ma and find a comic book, <laughs> just once. It doesn't need to be a thing, just, just for me. 
yeah, give me this, <laughs> give me this one thing. Yeah, uh, I did a little sort of nods to it. Obviously, they can't do that. They can't do the, what the game does in that respect in terms of item finding and all that stuff. So no, they have to make it seem more organic. Of course, of course, I can't. I mean, it, let's be honest. If if this game, if this adaptation was just a one to one recreation of how I played the game, Joel would never get up off of his knees, and all he he would be walking around listening intently to everything and looking through drawers and avoiding almost all combat. So it would not be interesting watching. Not not at all. Yeah, if it was me, there'd be a lot of restarting to see if I could do it better. Yeah. Oh, I've, everyone, everyone would like to know and restart. Yeah, absolutely. Can I sneak up behind this one and beat it to death because it will be cheaper for me to do it that way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Audience would get bored of that and just constantly restarting. Exactly. It'd be more like Edge of Tomorrow. And yeah. <laughs> So what do you what do you think about the uh, the extended sequences we get with with Sam and Henry? Well, I really like them. I think they're really interesting characters, and like I said, you see them through Joel's eyes in the game. Yeah, and you get little bits and pieces of how they interact when you're walking around. The sort of some optional conversations, some non-optional conversations. There are NPCs that follow you around for a bit, and. Obviously, they're invincible, so there's no real yep. threat to them in the game, which, you know, is a mechanic. But you do feel the, the threat to them there. And I really like the parallels drawn between Joel and um, Henry as well. They're, they're both very protective, although Joel is trying to shut that part of himself out. But you see that paternal side of them when he gives Sam the food that yep. he can keep for himself. So there's that sense that he's starting to soften. And I think Henry and Sam are a really important part of him actually caring again, because when they die, he's obviously really cut up about it. Yeah. He gets the opportunity to, uh, obviously a couple of episodes ago, we saw, we saw Joel stack his little, his little, uh, canal side or stream side, uh, monument thing for a test. But yeah, apart from, you know, for the most part, every time we've seen Joel anywhere near a dead body, whether it's someone he cares about or not, he, they're almost just discarded because he doesn't have time to deal with it. And I, I like emotional bandwidth to care anymore. No, he doesn't. He didn't. He's he's starting to soften a little bit. And this is the thing: when we get to the end of this episode, like obviously, uh, we knew Henry and Sam weren't going to make it to the, what players knew that Henry and Sam weren't going to make it to the end. Uh, but it was nice that we got a moment where jo the, the story just stopped. The narrative stopped. Everything's done. And, and Joel just got a chance to take a breath and, and bury these two and and have his moment with Ellie. And and it, this is a it's a progressing theme from the previous episode of, of, of Joel, like you say, softening towards Ellie towards people that need his help, which hopefully uh, we see a bit more of later on. It's, I mean, it, 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 it's standard character progression, but it's really, it's genuinely brilliant to watch as as Joel literally in front of her eyes changes from, you know, concrete dude walking around with absolutely no heart to actually he's letting himself care and he's letting himself feel these things for a bit. Is when he says to Henry, "You can come with us." That's a real massive step 
forward because he was a very much a you know, survivor, a lone wolf before anybody else is going to yeah. drag him down. Especially after losing Tess, that's a practical example of I shouldn't have anybody as around their dead weight. They're going to yeah. slow me down. I'm just losing them. So he kind of forgets that for a minute, and then immediately after, pretty much, yes, it happens again. So it'll be interesting to see if he regresses a bit in the next episode. If he goes back to keeping Elliot at arm's length again. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm curious to see how they play out. Like, like exactly like you said, I'm curious to see what they do with it. Uh, after Henry and Sam meet Joel and 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 Ellie, they this is where now we get to the point where we start playing. We're playing the game now, aren't we? Where <laughs> we we go into the tunnels, and I, I again, I I was so happy to see these tunnels appear. I was a bit worried because in the game it can be a bit of an elongated section. It's it's a lot of environmental stuff. It's a, it's a couple of infected fights. It doesn't really add anything to the story outside of that one section that they plucked out of it directly and put into the show. That one that one room with you know kids stuff and this is clearly where they lived, and everyone stops and and takes a breath and 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 takes stock of what they're looking at. What what do you reckon to to them plucking this this room out and putting it in the show. I'm surprised by how stripped down it was because in the game you go from room to room and there's comments on this is where they did this and yeah. this must have been where they did this, this must have been the school room, etc. And yeah, in the game you've got time to do that and you don't actually have to see all of that because you can just run past it, especially if you're a speedrunner. So you yeah, no time for this, run. Yeah. But in this it's pretty much just that one room and then it's that let's stop here for a bit. So there's an intimacy to it that I quite liked. It was, here's this one room. We can consider this a safe point for a little while. Yeah. Let's just chill here for, for a bit. And then we'll move later on. I thought that was an interesting choice. And I thought the production design, the painting on the wall, all the, all the stuff around was stunning as well. Oh, yeah. It, lo- it looked phenomenal. It looked genuinely looked really good, but it was, it looked like an exact replica from the game okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know the 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 castle wall, the the castle gate at the the front door. Just it it all looked great, and it brought all those memories flooding back as I was watching it. It gen it really really did get me. I, I get what you mean though. Like when we're walking around in the game, there are a lot of extra bits, and you can go and you can find, like, say, a schoolroom or, you know, this where food's done. And but I, I think I, I prefer the, the two tables, Ellie and Sam, 
playing and doing their thing. Obviously, Ellie getting to be a kid for a little while, which we haven't really seen her do. You know, we've we've had her be cheeky, we've had her with a joke book, but we've not had her get to be a kid for a bit, and, and everybody just kind of takes a breath. And at the same time, you've got uh, Henry and Joel kind of sat down, and Henry explains why everybody hates him. And it's it's just another one of those stories, isn't it, that comes out of this world. Why yeah, it's quite harrowing. It's a it's a horrible story, but it I think and with with obviously it leans into what's going to happen as the the series goes on. But it's that, that you got to do horrible things for the right reason, and that's the entire point to this entire to the game, the show, the story, whatever. Doing awful stuff for what you think is the right reason is the theme to The Last of Us and, and just to get a little bit more of that from Henry I really really appreciate it yeah it's the idea that nobody's hands are clean except from Ellie and Sam they're yeah. innocent because they haven't at least that we know of killed anybody and clearly um, Henry's keeping Sam safe from that he's going out and doing all the dirty work so that Sam gets to remain as innocent as possible for as long as possible so that really protective edge that he has and I like Joel's reaction to the story as well he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and says yeah I really don't care we've all done stuff it's that doesn't make you any worse or better than anyone else it's just the way it is and you're not trying to kill me so we're fine yeah and I, I enjoyed that as well it, it doesn't even say like you'd go oh yeah you just you gotta do what you gotta do wouldn't you and it's not even that so that's fine whatever yeah. the, just shrugs just, he's like I'm not interested no, no judgement whatsoever couldn't couldn't care less. You, as long as you're not currently trying to kill me, like you say, I we're good. Yeah. So it's a good bit world building there. It tells you what it's like living in that world, what it's like to survive in that world. Where Joel clearly does all these horrible things and just moves on because he asked to. Maybe someone brutally beat someone in the first episode. He just moves on from that because yeah. he has to. I'm a big fan of uh, of. Ellie's evolution as well from uh, in that first episode where you see uh, Joel beat the shit out of the, the federal guy and she's kind of she's staring intently I don't I don't know if she's enjoying it but she's just she's not bothered but her reaction to the violence that happens gets stronger each time she sees it and obviously with the last episode we had her you know running out of the room when Joel said Right, leave because yeah, I'm going to kill this guy. She, yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that she'd caused that, and then Joel was doing this. Her her reaction was so much stronger there than when you know the two episodes previous when she's watching Joel beat the living shit out of somebody. I I like her evolution there, and again, it it speaks to her being a kid but not really being allowed to be a kid. She's getting, I think she's just it's possibly just showing her comfort level with Joel. I think. Yeah, and obviously we're going to see in a few episodes. I won't say what happens. Yeah, because people will be listening to that and play the game. Dude, it's we're going so to see tough. her really tested in ways that yeah. she's not prepared for at this point in time. No, no, she's not, and it it it's genuinely tough. Again, as a as a as a player, as somebody that knows the story far too well, I just want to say, yeah. But then this is going to happen. I can't because hasn't fucking happened yet. And you forget well, sometimes. You don't that... know how far they're going to deviate because if you look at things like The Walking Dead or 
Game of Thrones or whatever, they always deviate quite heavily from the source material in places. Yeah. So part of me was thinking while I was watching this episode, are Henry and Sam going to survive? Or are they going to be stuck with Sam for a while? Or is Henry going to stick around for a while? Obviously they don't. And they they haven't deviated narratively from the game too much yet. But that could still happen. No, I think they're going to... I reckon they'll stick to it. Not Obviously not like for like, because obviously we've already come away from completely like for like. But I, I think we'll stick to it mostly. I think the characters that are meant to can they're meant to live will live and the ones that aren't won't yeah there there's but what i'm what i'm enjoying about it is like let's let's say for example we know henry and sam are gonna die you know you you sit and think oh maybe they'll maybe they've deviated maybe they'll keep them alive and then you walk into the next section with all the cars and the sniper and you go okay i know how this plays out <laughs> uh but at no point did you, well, maybe you did, but at no point did I go, oh, I'm not really bothered now. Don't don't need to watch this. I know what happens. I'm still riveted. I still desperately want to see what happens in the hope, maybe, <laughs> that someone survives. Yeah, I'm still engaged. And I think they're doing a really good job of telling the story in a way that keeps me engaged. Plus, I do watch it still expecting them to deviate at some point, so... I'm not taking it as read that they'll definitely follow the trajectory the game did. So far they can't, but they yeah. may not as the episode progress, we don't know. I just, every, I get to the end of every episode now and I'm like, okay, we've got four episodes to go and we've got <laughs> this bit, this bit, this bit, and this bit to go. Should, do I want to spoil it for myself and go and check the run times to see if they've got time? To put all this stuff in <laughs> I genuinely I, I have to hold myself back so I, I just want to be surprised and see which bits they do and don't do um but I was genuinely happy to see them come out the back of the the tunnels and walk into that sniper fight which yeah it's very different isn't it the but in the game is it daylight isn't it the, the game is in daylight but apart from yeah. that it's not completely different I thought so. And obviously, obviously, they're not running around ransacking every house that they can get into. No, so <laughs> so you need, we're not walking around on our hands and knees, just going through drawers and then sneaking up to a sniper. <laughs> we're you know, we've shortened what I think took me about twenty five minutes the first time I did it down to about a minute and a half, which yeah. is is a is a much better uh, run time for that sequence. But they they built and the, the snipers and suck shot, so it's. The, the, yes. this thing universe how to get around it and I was just thinking oh Joel's on easy mode he's lucky yeah. <laughs> he's got that AI bit on where they can't see you if you're crawling <laughs> yeah so yeah it's, but, so they've shrunk it down but they've they've done a really good job of getting like obviously Joel to the, the house in the dark at speed I still knew where he was I still knew every uh, not every jump he was making but I said I, I wasn't lost as to where he was in comparison to Ellie Sam and Henry it's a good sense of geography. You see where mm. the building is with a sniper. You see where they are, so you have a sense of how far away they are. And they might those attention because the uh, Joel has to be a really precise shot because they are far away. Yeah, and it it ups the uh, it ups the tension because obviously it's done so it's done so quickly. He runs upstairs, gets to the sniper, and I'll be honest, I was expecting the sniper to beat the shit out of him as he went through the door, like he does in the game. I was. <laughs> I was only slightly disappointed, uh, but then they've they've taken that bit 
and they've managed to roll it into this bit with the Raiders. Again, because the the, the Raiders are new-ish to the story, we've seen them before, but we've not had them yeah. characterized before. So I like that we've managed to get that group of characters involved in this part of the story that was it wasn't generic, but it was basically a, an elongated escape sequence in the game, wasn't it? It was run down the hill, yeah. kill a bunch of infected, kill a bunch of Fedra, and then escape. Yeah. So and you get your infinite rifle, so you can cut loose for yeah, a while. Exactly. It, you get it, it's a bit relaxing. You can still fail it, but you have to you have to fail pretty hard to yeah. fail it. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it is quite it is, yeah exactly. It's a cut loose bit, and. I like that even though that's what it was as we played it, it's still very, very tense. And I think they've they've cut down like the geography of the, the scene by about half. Yeah. Because, because once everybody starts rolling into this section, it's just carnage. Yeah. And you have Ellie and um, and the others doing the Prometheus school of running away from things. Yeah. Instead of running to the side, they keep running forwards. Ellie just futilely firing her gun at an armored vehicle. Yeah. There's no chance. That's the most video game thing I think we've seen so far in the show, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've all done that. <laughs> yeah. There's no chance. This it was in, in in Uncharted, isn't it? You've been chased by a truck. And you can, yes. You have to shoot at it with a machine gun that blow up the engine. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember that. I remember that being not an awful lot of fun at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just an on-rails action sequence, isn't it? Yeah. You're not really playing it. You're just, you're pressing forward and and the shoot button. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so obviously we get all of these, we, we get this this group of, of raiders, these, these, these rebels coming in, have a bit of a firefight. And it looks like, Every, it looks like everybody's going to die on the field here. This is obviously because they've had to change things a little bit to to get Kathleen and her her guys in. It looks like we're going to get a sacrifice on the field, and I I genuinely thought we were. I honestly thought someone was going to stand up and just be shot straight away because at this point, the show had proven to us that Kathleen could just would just shoot you, but you know because she can because she's done with you. Uh, and she's an angry person, especially at, at Henry and, and Sam, because they were the cause of her brother's death. Yeah, I loved how spiteful she was. It was, if I give myself up, you'll let him go. And she's like, no, no you took the most yeah. important person from me, and I'm going to do the same to you, because yeah. that's just the way the world works. And I, I think that's it's a, it's a fantastic uh, viewpoint as well for the show, when you go, actually, no, these are just... The, the, these are selfish people, selfish need. Oh, I'm sorry, you think I'm going to let you go? No, 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 you're fucked. Deal with the fact you're fucked. Just stand up so I don't have to come around the car to do it. It's it's a terrifying view on... And I think it's a terrifyingly realistic view as well, because people would absolutely be like that, I think. But like, And we saw it a little bit with her with the people that she was interrogating. Oh, no, just go kill them and burn the bodies when you're done. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. 
she's brutal. She is absolutely brutal. I'm. I spent far too much of the last episode, uh, kind of laying praise to Melanie Linsky, but she is fucking great in these two episodes. She is. Yeah, I understand that she was getting a lot of, well, maybe not a lot, but she was getting some hate online because it's like, well, you're overweight in an apocalypse, and she's like, sharp. This. It is just. The, the things people will latch onto because they want to hate for some reason, I I don't understand how people have the time. I just, I just, I don't understand how people have the, the time and inclination to just sit and think of stuff to get angry about and then lay it. And, Fuck off. Watch the show or don't. If you're not enjoying it, just piss off and watch something else, man. That wasn't a problem. That was a problem with an appraisal of the second game, wasn't it? Because... It got a lot of, there was a loud minority on the internet hating on it because of uh, trans representation yeah. and LGBT representation. So it was actually hard to cut through that and see what people really thought of the game. Yeah. Because it ends up getting that bad reputation as, oh, this is a crap game. And then when you see why people are saying it's crap, it's, it's nothing to do with anything. And also you're just being hateful yeah. towards it. Marginalized groups, so exactly. Stop it. I, I, I've, I've said this on other episodes, on previous episodes as well. I, I don't go looking at any of the criticism, and this includes the show as well, because since the because since part two's come out, people will just rag on anything The Last of Us just because they can. I'm like, I, I don't understand why someone makes their entire identity not liking The Last of Us. Because yeah. there must be something better to do with your life. But I genuinely, I just switch it all off. I don't read comments. I don't engage in conversation. I don't. This is this is the most I talk about The Last of Us because I'm talking about it with people that want to come and talk about it. But more importantly, even if you want to come on and be negative about it, there's a difference between negative, being negative and criticizing properly, and just being a twat. Yeah. Definitely, because obviously there are things that you can pick at and things that are done better than others, but it's, yeah, they did. It's no good to just say, well, there's a overweight character in the show, so therefore bad. Yeah. And <laughs> the thing is that that's actually part of who she is as well, because obviously she's doing pretty well with supplies and she's maybe indulging more than her troops. She rules them with a kind of fearful hand. They're all afraid of her and have to expect she gets greater access to things than they do so yeah it all makes sense for me but there's also a sense of at, at no point in inside the the qz's i don't think we've had any sense of people being left to starve no so i don't understand how you can comment on someone just having dinner yes I don't get it. But at the same time, these are going to be the exact same people that are going to rag on certain characters that are coming in the second one because they're, you know, well-built military people that have a gym in their uh, base, you know, but yeah. they shouldn't look like there's that probably, either. There's probably things coming in this season that will upset certain people as well. God, good. <laughs> Fuck them. 
I don't, <laughs> I, no, I don't either. Uh, and I just let them sit. I, I, I said it. I think I've managed to squeeze it into every episode so far this season. Fuck them. Let them sit in their little echo chamber. Just stay away from me. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, what did we have after? So in the process of escaping, they've, they've caused this uh, armored vehicle to go into a building start leaking gasoline everywhere and explode. And this has triggered uh, a World War Z-style wave that's <laughs> infected to start legging it out of this, this building that's on fire. And so began, for me, I think, one of the best action sequences we've had so far this season. There hasn't been a lot of action sequences. There hasn't. And no. I was reading interviews with the creative team and they said that they were deliberately not putting the infected in every episode or prominently in every episode because the show isn't about that, but they're there to cause a problem at certain points. Yeah. So I imagine you know, maybe a couple of episodes before we see them again after this. It's certainly in any kind of significant way, but yeah, this it just delivers on the, well, look at how many of them there is. If, if this was on the, the PS4, certainly, the frame rate would go down about 10 frames a second. Yeah. Yeah, I, it does in everything, because it, it, the game throws everything it can at the processing ability of the console it sits on. So if it can take more, it will. It, yeah. it's, just, it's such a brutal section. And it's it's so great to see it I on on screen as a as part of this episode because again I was like but we've been keeping like we said we've been keeping it quite action light there have been a few little bits but quite action light so you're like but are they gonna are they gonna dial in and just take the whole you know bring the whole thing in and I mean the answer to that is yes they threw everything in the kitchen sink at this scene and then gave us our for five episodes promised bloater that we've been waiting to appear mm-hmm. they've, been, they've, they've been using the fucking thing in the marketing since day one and they've made us wait five weeks to see it but it did not <laughs> it did not disappoint it's the same approach to the bloater in the second game isn't it as of in it's more of a nine destructible mini boss whereas in the first game they're just pretty tough normal enemies you encounter them more often and yeah, so you see easy enough to take out if you're prepared. Yeah, you see a few in the first game. The first time you see them, obviously, we uh, haven't seen them at this point yet. But the first time you see them in the game, you see them in the school in Bill's town. Yeah, uh, and it, and it's a boss fight, and it's a boss fight in as much as it's the first time you've seen that you don't know how to deal with it, and you probably don't have the weaponry to to take it down first time, and if it gets hold of you. It does some horrendous things to you, much like it does in this scene that we saw in this episode, where he grabbed the dude and tore its head off. Yeah, that was that was pretty intense. I did, I, I didn't honest. do well with extreme gore, and I was like, oh, no. it was in the distance, so it wasn't too bad. So the thing is, I do do really well with extreme gore, and I almost cheer it on when you're giving me little Easter eggs from the game. So. I'm sitting there, I'm watching, first time I watched it, I was watching it with uh, the wife and kid, we, we all sat around watching it, I didn't know what was coming, hadn't pre-watched the episode to make make sure it was suitable for my child to watch, uh, and I'm sitting there going, it does that in the game, it, 
He's done this to me in the game. It was great. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but I think we need to talk a little bit about the the just the actors and the, cl- the clickers in general, the infected in general, uh, and just the physicality of all of them. They're so fast. And the acrobatics, man. <laughs> Yeah, I think they do that thing they do in Mad Max Fury Road, where certainly with the clickers, they sort of skip frames as they're moving. Yeah. So it, it gives them that kind of weird juddery inhuman movement, and obviously they move really quickly and they're really savage. So it's, I think it's a really good visual touch to make them. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, to make them seem more threatening, like I say, skipping those frames. And yeah, when... When you see the clicker tearing someone apart and then trapped in the a trap Ellie trapped in the car with one, which isn't really yeah. trap, it's just a gag. That's again, that's really tense as well. But there's a really good job of like high scale set piece, but with little moments of intimate intimate tension within it as well. And that's really hard to pull off. I think they did an excellent job. They did a brilliant job and they did a a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful job of reminding you of those times when you had i don't know when you were playing the game you had someone on the ground being attacked and you were missing because you were panicking from up in your little sniper nest and obviously joel couldn't necessarily hit the clicker every time and the clicker there's more than one hit to be taken down It, it brutally tense in that car uh in that big open moment yeah to have that 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 little that little moment of intensity very intimate very scary, like I say, very well done. Very well done. Uh, Loved it. I thought it was a great sequence, and it felt like we'd earned it as well by getting through the the slow and deliberate pacing up until that point. That it was just this big bang towards the end. It was big payoff, wasn't it? Like for the previous four episodes, it was big payoff. We've, you know, we've had our story, we've had everything delivered to us that we want so far, and now we get to. We get to the halfway point of the the, se- the season, and, and just have your big action scene. But don't for a second think we're letting up. We're we're gonna scare you. We're we're gonna make sure you know that yeah, the stakes are real here. That this isn't this isn't just random zombies from The Walking Dead. This is yeah, these are gonna kill you. They're they're one hit kills. Absolutely, <laughs> you're you're absolutely fucked if one gets near you. It's genuinely heart pounding to watch. And then when you roll that bloater into it as well, it's a, a terrifying couple of minutes. Yeah, I remember the fight with the bloater in the second game where it is just nearly impossible. You're running around trying to let off a shot whenever you can. And they, they definitely are easier in the first game. A couple of Molotovs and you're good to go warm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a couple, couple of Molotovs and a shotgun, you're all good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is good. But yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of making it because obviously they they didn't kill it, they escaped, they ran away. Yeah. Uh, so we haven't had one die yet. So I th- I think at some point we'll 
we're gonna get i think if they play the same route the game took we're gonna get at least one more big bloater fight uh and that probably one be, yeah that one will be much more contained so i don't think they'll get to run away from it which will be interesting yeah. uh i want to say what goes on there but i can't wait to see how they do the university um, stuff when they get yeah there. oh the university bit's going to be great yeah uh, there is a bloater in the university as well although yeah, I mean, but then you couldn't avoid it. I, you I, have to fight. I sneak past him every time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and then, and obviously there's like this 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 like for like game comparison continues. The guys escape, so we've got Sam and Ellie under a car. Uh, the the infected that's attacking them is killed. They get away. They run through the house, but they stop for a second. Uh, when Kathleen tells you know shouts at them, threatens them, and there was a brief moment where the four of them kind of stood there, and Kathleen in front of them, and behind just this carnage is going on behind them, and they're completely separate from this carnage. I I enjoyed looking at that and going like the the infected don't necessarily give a shit. They they don't they might not even know you're there. They're quite happy in the background, making their mess and killing the people they can find. Twenty foot away, they don't care about unless they see you. So also how brazen Kathleen is as well. It's almost like she expected her people to be able to handle it, even yeah. though they were just completely overwhelmed. Because, like you say, she was standing there. She just wasn't bothered. She didn't seem to be in any. She didn't feel like she was in any danger. Clearly, it was much more important for her monologue at that point. And obviously she gets suitably punished for it. Uh, yes, yes, she does. But it, 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 it's a—I think it's a measure of her, her selfishness through the entire two episodes. She's single-minded, and only the only thing she wants is Sam and Henry. She doesn't yeah. care what she doesn't care what happens to anybody else around her. You know, obviously she's lost her number one henchman to the bloater. She, but she's still completely narrow-minded, completely focused. Wants those two. And then she wants Joel and Ellie as well. And like you say, suitably punished by super flying clicker that beats the shit out of her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. That thing was, that thing was, fe- I mean, they're all feral anyway, but that thing was feral. <laughs> and it is interesting that because obviously you get a lot of time with Kathleen, at least compared to other people, she she's quite prominent in the last episode plus this one and her death is slightly unceremonious it's kind of the idea that the, the world will get you eventually it, and the your death might not be necessarily epic in the way that you'd want it to be no exactly you know, we're sort of conditioned watching tv to think that mainish characters or prominent characters deserve some kind of big death but she's just part of the collateral damage of the, the overall sequence yeah exactly that yeah you don't yeah, she's not the main character in not even in her world is she the main character. Yeah. She's she just gets a, a random henchman number one death and not even that that's all she deserves, that's all anybody gets in that world. Yeah. That's what she gets for being careless as well. She's yeah. got everything she should know about surviving. Yeah. Yeah. Just because just the, the the Henry and Sam tunnel vision did it yeah. it took it away from her. It Yes. So it's a reinforcement to the idea that if you're not on your toes, if you're not alert, 
you're dead. Yeah. But yeah, genuinely brutal kill. Yeah. Like you say, unceremonious. Wasn't that big a deal as the world happened. But as you're watching this, this thing's wailing on Kathleen. It was pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah. I, I quite enjoyed that. I thought I thought she deserved it, and I <laughs> I I loved to hate Kathleen as a character, but yeah, it it was a it was a good a good kill, I think. Yeah, and I'm glad they introduced her as well because that section in the game you're just fighting essentially anonymous henchmen the entire yeah. time. Yeah, you know, it's repeated character models probably where you're just gunning them down or strangling them or whatever you need to do in order to progress. But here it's they give them a better personality. Is when you kill people in that convenience store, or when Joel kills people in that convenience store, they are people that have, you know, friends and and companions and whatever else. And that's again something more in the second game. Whereas every time he killed someone, someone else will be yeah. like, "Oh no, no, they killed Dave." Or whatever. yeah, that, that... No, I killed this. I killed a person. <laughs> yeah, oh, the people start yelling for their mates and the dogs and everything. It's yeah, ev- everything is is so much more humanized in the second game and i think it's just a, a uh a limitation of the technology at the time i bet if they could have done it with the first one they would have done yeah look, but, i just didn't think that to that extent for the first one because i imagine they could have done it in, in some way maybe not the dogs and stuff but certainly you could have had a sound clip play of someone lamenting the loss of their friend rather than just ignoring the body and going back to their animation routine patrol yeah. route thing but yeah, it's it is in the game. It is just a bunch of henchmen, so expanding out on that and and letting us see just a, it, it's an extension, I think, of what we got in episode three. With episode three, we got to spend time with two characters that weren't necessarily a, a big part of the game, but had an important story to tell in the world, you know, to the world that's going on around them. And I think Kathleen does the same thing because. You forget, I think, it doesn't matter if you're playing the game or just watching the show, you forget that these people have to, you know, Joel and Ellie have to go through towns, cities. The USA is not one giant forest that they're walking through. Yeah, they have to get, yeah, they have to get through certain places and they have to maybe not deal with people, but they have to walk through where people used to be and something has clearly happened. Like in Kansas City, there's clearly been an uprising and all hell broke loose so to get to, to shift the focus to that for a little bit just to just to bring a bit more world building just to bring a bit more character to the whole world i appreciate that a lot uh and i appreciate that for the most part they've managed to blend that in to the overall story as well yeah it doesn't feel out of place and i would have actually liked a bit more time with kathleen because it does deliver all the information very quickly that there's basically a couple of scenes that outline what she's all about. I would have quite liked a bit more focused on her relationship with her brother and why that was important to her. And that bearded henchman guy who yeah. had the speaking lines, so he's kind of a character. Give him a bit more to do as well. It's like, I don't know, I'm not saying that we should have got a, a Bill-type episode for Kathleen, but I don't know, maybe just do a longer season and give us that. Why not? It could have been a really interesting story to see and then you end up with Joel and Ellie rolling into town and then you have that understanding yeah I, I agree I think I I would have liked to have spent more time with Kathleen I thought her character was interesting I thought Perry her, her bearded henchman 
had the potential to be really interesting. Uh, I said, played by Jeffrey Pierce, the guy that the mm. motion capture and voice for Tommy, Joel's brother. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had the potential to, to to get a bit more, yeah, to have a bit more meat on his story and his character. But yeah, I mean, a slightly longer season, maybe drop this back another episode. So you got a gap between the Frank and Bill episode and this would have been good. But I, I, I'm 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 not a creative. I can I can you know backseat drive for a little bit, but I don't think that I know what I'm talking about even a little bit. Well, there's other considerations, budget, and yeah, absolutely ordered, and things like that. Yeah, you'll have so much time to play with, but in an ideal world, I would have maybe been okay with maybe a half episode about uh, Kathleen and her people. That might yeah. be interesting. It might not have been, but it would have certainly been something I would have been interested to see. If I found out that's what the episode was about, I'd be thinking, okay, let's see what they do here. Because yeah. she's a brand new character. She's unique to the show, and they can do anything because the Bill episode got criticism from weird corners because well, that's not my Bill. That's not the Bill I remember. <laughs> okay, but it doesn't have to be. It's it's an adaptation. But it's it's still Bill. Yeah. Yeah. No, at a high level, he's everything that he was in the game. Really, he has stuff. He he gives him a truck. That's those are the two big big things, and then. Obviously, he has his partner in the game, but he's left at that point. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's in there too. But, yeah, it's just a different take. It's an adaptation. It's, it's what I keep saying. It's the same as if you adapt a book. There's things you always change. Yeah. And things you always expand. And things you always play with. Because TV is a different medium to books. Yeah. And I think... TV is a different medium to video games. So, same idea. You're very... You're correct. And I think people forget this as well. And I, I think it's less like... Uh, it's less like adapting a book. Actually, I'll tell you what it's like. It's more like adapting a book again. So let's say you decide you want to make Pet Cemetery, yeah, as was done a couple of years ago, and everybody will look at it and go, but I really like the original film. That's great. It's not a remake of the film. It's a different adaptation of the book. <laughs> if, you, if you can separate one from the other, you might be able to enjoy one of them you know without having to get really fucking hateful about it and i i think people <laughs> do forget that these things aren't meant to be yeah they're not no one created the last of us in 2013 with the intent of 10 years later putting out a tv show with or without the exact carbon copy word for word script that the original game had that wasn't the intention at all so no surely just the just a little bit of brain power and you'll go wow they're just telling maybe more of the story or that it's literally the guy that wrote the last of us is involved in writing the tv show surely just take two of those brain cells you've got rub them together and you'll figure out that actually this is what you should we should we should be asking for what we're getting we don't want carbon copy of the last of us it's almost like I think the early scenes of The Walking Dead where Robert Kirkman was still involved and he talked about how he saw the TV show it was a chance to improve on the story yeah. he wrote before because he saw things that could have been done better 
that's why you did the CDC and stuff in the first season. It's, yeah, I wish I'd done that in the comic. That would have been good. <laughs> but you didn't. And just the thing about the times. So maybe Neil Druckmann's approaching the show in the same way. It's the, well, well I, didn't, I don't feel great about this thing I did in the game or didn't do in the game. So I can do it here. I can try it out here and see if it works. Exactly. And it just, I wish, yeah, people could just sit and enjoy it for what we're getting and you know if if there's something you don't like about it that's completely fair i'm not expecting everybody to sit down give every episode 10 out of 10 and love it maybe as much as i am but i would expect you to go oh okay we get to see bill and his boyfriend cool it's not quite the same as how it plays out in the game cool let's see where we're going with this that's all i'm asking if you still don't like it fine but don't just tell me you don't like it because of the gaze yeah. I'm I'm not playing that game. Yeah. Because Bill was still gay in the game. He was. It just it just wasn't as prominently featured as it was in this show. <laughs> Every episode so far has turned into really just ragging on the people that <laughs> shit all over The Last of Us in all media forms, uh, because of stupid reasons. I don't Oh, yeah. No, if I'm going to get to the end of this season and have done a recording of the of the podcast without having us go, fuck these echo chamber dickheads because it just comes up naturally in conversation. I love it because I agree, fuck them. But it <laughs> it comes up all the time. Uh, so I kind of almost wrap up to the episode. Uh, is Ellie, Joel, Sam, and Henry? In a motel room, they've escaped the horde. The horde, by the way, have done uh, have wiped out everybody except for our <laughs> four heroes, and now they're heading off towards Kansas City. They literally just start heading up the hill towards the tunnels and towards where we've just come from. So that's not going to be a good place to go into later on. It's going to be a bit of a mess. Oh yeah, uh, I remember that part well as well. Yeah, uh, and yeah. So now we're in a, hotel, um, a motel room, sorry, and we've got our four characters. And again, back to kind of chilling out. Everybody's a bit more friendly. Joel and, and Henry are talking. You know, where are you going? You, you know, at this point, Joel's kind of gone. Well, you know, you can you can come to Wyoming with us if you want. Yeah, uh, Ellie and Sam are off doing their fun bits again. But now we've got the revelation that Sam's been bitten. And he... I love this moment we have between Sam and Ellie where because they've made Sam deaf. Uh, and I'm guessing deaf from birth because he doesn't talk. So mm -hmm. essentially mute as well. So everything's kind of written down. And like you... <laughs> You feel so heartbroken knowing that, that like they're having this conversation on this bit of paper, like sentence by sentence. Uh, and he's genuinely scared that if you turn into a monster, you're not you anymore. And he says this and then shows that he's been bitten. Yeah, it's, uh, that is a heartbreaking moment. And I really love the use of communication in the episode with the combination of sign language and the the bit of paper. And the, you know, the, uh, the act of um, ripping it up so that the yeah. words disappear before replacing that. I think that all worked brilliantly. And the great scene that patient side of Ellie, that 
big sister in a way where she yeah where she immediately warms to sam she's patient with him she's empathetic she she gets to take care of someone at least a little while she gets to have fun like you said earlier i think that that's really important for her because she hasn't had a lot of that she probably hasn't spent a lot of time around people her own age so this is a, a really good really formative moment for her and then yeah the, the reveal that he's bitten um, was yeah it's really heartbreaking and obviously we knew it was coming or suspected it might be coming and then when it hits it's oh my god and the way they handle it with her saying my blood is like medicine and I don't know if she was saying that to put him at ease or if she was hoping that simply touching him with her blood would do the job I don't know if that was she just, knew it wouldn't and it was comfort thing or it was just that yeah. thing it's open to interpretation I think it is because I had the same thought so I sat and I watched I was like because she's clearly been told that, you know, you're you're immune, so we can use your blood to create a, a medicine, and that's how you would explain it to a thirteen-year-old, a isn't it? You wouldn't wouldn't go into great detail. You'd just go, well, that's what we're going to do, and scientists will do, you know, their magic and cure. So she's gone, you know, my 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 blood is is medicine, and done that, and I'm like, that's really nice you're doing that to comfort him but then at the same time so i thought i thought the same thing i thought i don't know if we're meant to think that she's comforting him or she thinks she's actually magic or you know any of these but so she she makes him feel better and she says she'll stay up with him you know cuts her hand rubs it all over his bite i'll stay up with you and you know that's really nice she knows uh, it's essentially the first time it happened. I was like, "Oh, she knows that he's going to turn. She's just trying to make him feel better." But then she doesn't do anything about it. She doesn't go and tell Joel. Obviously, we know in the game she doesn't tell Joel because she doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't go and tell Joel and and Henry. And in the morning, she wakes up and Sam sat on the bed, and she walks over to him, and seems genuinely surprised that he's turned. And at that moment, you go, did she actually think that was how this worked? Because if that's how she thought this worked, why didn't she do it to Tess? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, Like you say, I think completely open to interpretation and just kid logic. But as I said, there are, that was the only kind of inconsistency I think I had with this episode where I went, I can't tell what she's thinking, and I I don't know if that's on purpose. Yeah, I was okay with the ambiguity of it because it, either way it works, it it pees into either way. And I don't know if she has a wide knowledge of the life cycle of the infection. And on the first episode, you have posters where if you're bitten here, it'll take this long, yeah, for you to turn and whatever else. But I don't know if Ellie has that knowledge. To, to that extent so maybe she was hoping that you haven't turned yet or if he stays awake then it doesn't take all that I don't know you could interpret it in so many different ways but it was just the inevitability of it and not telling Joel about it was an interesting thing because you, you have this thing about trust and Joel directly asks her earlier in the episode do you trust me and she says yes maybe she yeah. doesn't maybe she didn't trust him to wait and see what happens she maybe expected him to just put a bullet in his brain. Yeah. This, if he knew about the infection, so 
I guess she was maybe giving Sam the time to die with a bit of dignity, I suppose. I don't know. Not that what Amstel is in any way dignified. It's horrible. No. There's not any way that you want well, to go. But I mean, I'm I'm completely fine with the ambiguity of it. It just there was. I quite I quite like an ambiguous ending or an, amb- or an ambiguous story beat. I just if I can in a couple of seconds if I can out if I can logic my way out of that ambiguity, it sticks with me a little bit. Yeah. But I do think I just chalk it up to kid logic, you know. Like I say, I've got a nine-year-old, and she does stupid shit like that all the time that I just can- cannot wrap my head around. So I'm completely fine with kid logic <laughs> being the reason that this happens. Uh, and then we get this this genuinely sad moment again where no one wants to hurt Sam, mm-hmm. but everybody knows they have to. Yeah, uh, when Henry just does the quick shot it's that one second moment it is yeah you know, it's an instinct almost that he, he uses and, and then once it once he realizes what he's done after it he just can't go on anymore just, yeah the, the whole sequence was just just brutal it was just brutal to watch oh yeah it was horrible and there was a lot of a lot of lingering uh like kind of fast edits and then lingering on sam's blood kind of pouring on the floor yeah uh to do the same thing to us so we literally we get to kind of we get to look and go oh shit what's happened how have we got to this point and i think the 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 toughest one of the toughest parts this episode is just watching that split second decision that henry makes and he just goes i'm done and just and just and just kills himself and we, yeah, we all understand. We all know why he's done it, but it's it happened. He does it so quickly. He, he's literally stunned. So oh. moment right before it, where he shoots the carpet in front of Joel. Yeah. No, stay away. This is my. This is my like my responsibility. And then he takes a second shot, and it's you know it's instantaneous practically. It's just that moment. You know, it's like you stay back, and then he does it. So yes. Yeah. Again, it's the understanding of how this world works. It's you know, sentiment will get you killed. If he doesn't do this, they're all going to be infected. Yeah. Or ripped to shreds or whatever. They, they, it won't end well for him, so he has to do something about it. And then he does. And But then the it's not something he can live with. No. Who could? I think that's that's yeah. one of the, the things I love about the show is, is it does ask questions like, who could live with that? And, you know... It proves it proves to us just how uh, how hardened characters like Joel and Kathleen and Tess have to be because they've had to do this. They've lived through this. They've done it a lot. You know, Henry's not built for this world. In he, the first episode, you see Joel just casually throwing a child's body on a fire. Yeah, without thinking about it, and contrast that with. The fact that Henry just can't live with himself for pulling the trigger on his own brother. Like the last thing that he had in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is it's, it's it's horrible. It's a horrible uh moment to watch. And a horrible moment to end the episode. Well, I mean it doesn't quite end the episode, but it's a horrible moment to end the episode on. And we yeah. get we get like like we mentioned earlier on, we get the uh Joel Berry's the guys. Uh, and Ellie drops her little, what, 
Sam's uh, ripping paper thing that they were talking on just drops it on Sam's grave and she instigates leaving. She doesn't want to be here anymore. It's time to move on. I think next couple of episodes, I, th I think we're going to see a lot of uh, harder closed off Ellie after that. Yeah, she's starting to understand what it means to be a survivor in this world. And it's yeah. The, yeah, okay, right, this happened, but I have to move on, can't dwell on it because because there's no, you know, that, that's what gets you killed. And it's the, you know, the, it's the thing about when you become a monster, you're still the same inside. That's a metaphor for everybody in the show, really. Yeah. Particularly Joel, as in the, you know, has he become a monster or is there any humanity left within him it's the idea of is our humanity still intact after we do all these terrible things yeah and it was the literalization of that through the when you become infected where well you don't know if you're trapped inside an infected body because they've never done any science on it they've never you know they've never seen if the process can be reversed you assume not but yeah you don't know really and it's it's that kind of existential question but it's just it does act as this metaphor for what people have to do in this world and it's the you know, is there any way back from this? If we somehow manage to cure this, can't we just go back to our lives? Because we've done some stuff. It's yeah. hor we're horrible people. Yeah. And can you come back from it? And that is something that the games do really well, especially in the second one, yes. where they pick up on that. And, you know, that it's all about kind of consequences of actions in the second one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it does, it, it, asks, it asks those questions, like, can you live with yourself when you do these things? Can you... Can you continue to live in this world? And I, and again, this is where we end up with such a, a quick split decision from from Henry before he kills himself. Because for him, like simply, the answer is no, 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 we can't. No and no, he won't. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, and I'm not living in this world without my brother in it, especially yeah. knowing what I did. And it's almost in that split second he understands what he took from Kathleen as well. Yeah, he obviously knew before, but now he understands. Yeah, and that's the the key distinction. Yeah, and uh, just as quick and just as brutal as Kathleen's death, and just as immaterial in the rest of the world as Kathleen's death, like everybody so far. It's uh yeah, they're just going to leave rotting corpses and then they move on. That's all. yeah, that's all it'll be. And I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit cliched. It was a, I could I, yeah, every everybody that's watched anything, to be frank. Could have called it that Eddie was going to write "I'm sorry" on the uh, the little thing. Doesn't make it any less heartbreaking, but it was it was a bit trite. Uh, a little bit, but um, <laughs> but I liked it. it. Is, yeah, I, I, I again, I genuinely liked it, and it was a, it was a bit tacky, but it was what a thirteen year old girl would do. She's got she doesn't know what else to say. I'm fine with it completely. Yeah, but it's like if you give me three guesses what I was going to say, I'll get it in one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then that will obviously inform something that likely show in the season, the the DLC as it was in the game. Yeah, yeah, that that's a big deal for Ellie in terms of what's it? It's almost a parallel to this in a way. It, it is, yeah. It's I genuinely think that's going to be one of the episodes that breaks me. I mean, almost every episode so far has broken me in one way or another. I there's a the, the line from the DLC gets me every time and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'll be interested to see how they weave that in. Because obviously it wasn't part of the original game narrative. No. 
there's there's a slot where it fits in quite neatly, but it's not part of it completely. So it'll be interesting to see how they weave it in. Yeah, see, I've I've kind of been guessing episode seven from the beginning, somewhere around there. Yeah, but but then they made Kansas City two episodes. Yeah, so now, so now I'm not sure. So I mean, episode eight would work, and then make episode nine a, a ninety minute finale. I think you could probably do it. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to guess. <laughs> I can sort of see how they're going to condense the next part of the game. Yeah. To get us to the, well, the the original games and chapters, isn't it? Let's say the, the chapter three moment. I can see how they they can condense that down into well less time. It's obviously going to be less time because it could take you days for hours certainly to get through those sections. But um, I can I can see what parts you could skip quite quite happily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that kind of wraps us up then, mate. More or less. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless you've missed anything you fancy chatting about. No, I think um, for most of the stuff, uh, one thing I can't believe that they haven't had Joel say just as a, about the laugh, and it, there was a good moment from the do it in this episode. He could have said that this is the way, you know, by directing him in a different <laughs> kind of direction. And hadn't done it. Yeah. I could, yeah, I, I, that would make me giggle, I think. Yeah? Yeah, I'd like It would that. be out of place. It would, it, it, would. it would be a, yeah, it makes sense that he says that here, and it's a nod to another <laughs> thing that he does for us to, for us to be the keeper of a child that he doesn't really want initially. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would absolutely be up for that. That would be a good laugh. Yeah. wonder what role Troy Baker's going to play when he appears, because I think all the voice cast are in the yeah, the so, show at some point. So Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker are both going to be in it. Yeah, uh, and we haven't seen them yet. I don't know. No. I don't know. Uh, I I'm curious as well. I'm very yeah. curious. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they put them. Yeah, I, I am. Sorry, go. Self plug is a. I, I briefly interviewed Troy Baker recently when he voiced Batman in a DC animated film. But we didn't oh, talk about nice. it. It was a less than ten minute interview where we talked about him playing Batman, and that's about. It. Well, I say we talked. He did most of the talking. But, yeah, yeah. I, I would actually cool. recommend anybody listening to this watch his Let's Play that he does on his YouTube channel. Oh, okay. that's through the entirety of The Last of Us and what he does for each episode that he does is he brings in different voice actors but it's him and Nolan North all the way through more or less that's pretty cool and he brings in Ashley Johnson at one point Neil Druckmann at one point the voice of Sarah in the game yeah forget her name but he brings her in and it's really good it's a really good let's play I genuinely didn't know that was a thing I watched uh, I watched Shannon Shannon Woodward that was her name because uh, she's in part two so I watched her playthrough of one and two which was really good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realise Troy Baker played two yet, but he's definitely played one, and it was really good because he went into the context of what went into certain sections, and and obviously you had people there that were also involved, and they talked about their experience of making it, and it's a really good, I'd say almost an essential companion to the game. It's like yeah, just okay. when you play the game and watch this because it's. I might have to hunt that out. You know, it's, it's kind of like a director's commentary almost. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought that uh, that might be how it plays out. I could I could get behind that. I'd have a listen. Yeah, I might. As soon as I get off the recording, Matt, I'm going to go find it. I'm going to stick it on my library to watch it work. I'll say to the leg, you can put it in the shop, oh. perhaps. 
Yes, please. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be great because I'm there's definitely I'm not gonna be the only person who didn't know that was a thing. So yeah, we'll definitely chuck it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh okay. So let's let's uh let's wrap it up, I suppose. So before we wrap up and before we disappear and go our separate ways, have you got anything you want to plug, my friend? Yeah, well, I just plugged the Troy Baker chat. Listen to it, he's really good. I don't say anything really. I say a couple of things and he just rambles these. It's very good to be interviewed that way. He just does it. But yeah, do uh, I could plug the, the most recent interviews I did, which was for another DC animated film. One of the people I spoke to was Yuri Lowenthal, who's Spider-Man in the Spider-Man games. Again, yeah. we don't really talk about Spider-Man. I did sneak a question in all. Uh, I was, wasn't there to talk about. I was talking about, was there to talk about voicing Monels? The PR who was earwigging on the call might have said, nah, yeah. get back on topic. If I Completely fair. Too far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's there's all those. Um, uh, we recently released a news podcast just covering trailers and things for the last month, so the January stuff. So we got the, the DC announcement in, James Gunn's DC announcement. There's a lot on chat about that. So yeah, you can catch it all there uh, on newbeforeblog.co.uk or just type it in on Facebook and Twitter and you'll find it. Nice. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, like I say every week, I'm uh, at Brook411 on Twitter where I just... I kind of ran away. That's pretty much the only place you'll find me. Uh, <laughs> but we, uh, you can find the network, obviously. We're, as I mentioned before, but the last of us, or sorry, the rest of us pod on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon if you're up for helping the network out. So that's we, uh, patreon.com forward slash we made this. Uh, yeah, I think that's us done. Dude, thanks for joining me. This was an awesome, My pleasure. awesome chat. Uh, I, I say every every episode, I'm genuinely enjoying just chatting to everybody about this, the game, the show, and I tried really hard the first couple of episodes to make it so it was going to be a point by point, beat by beat chat about the show. But it just doesn't work, I, I <laughs> because every we all just want to talk about everything we're seeing, and if we tried to do it beat by, we'd be here for three hours, and no one wants yeah. that. Well, I want that. No one else wants that. Uh, it's a huge challenge to talk about it without bringing in the future context of what you know, happens in the game. But and that's a huge the thing. Challenge. A couple of times it's deviated into chats about part two. It's deviated. Yeah, we had a big chat uh, a couple of episodes ago about like, the, just like the online hate community. <laughs> it, it's just because these are all conversations that spiral out of conversations about The Last of Us. So, as I mean, as long as people are letting me have these conversations, I'm going to keep having them. Uh, but I do find I have to reel myself in. It's important to have those conversations because it's getting the nuance in as to, well, here's the, the piece of work we're actually talking about here and it does nobody any good to you know, start hating on, well, not quite superficial parts of it, but parts of it that just don't matter in the sense of whether a character's gay or not doesn't affect the story, whether a character is the same race they were in the video game doesn't affect anything. You know, the the fact that they completely race swapped Sarah in the first who cares in episode for example it's just yeah, and, it, and this, this is the you adapted this and you didn't think about casting in the terms of background you just cast actors and that's great yeah. even Pedro Pascal is not Joel from the video game in terms no, of no, he is racial not. background <laughs> but this is the thing and I think you kind of hit it on the head like it doesn't matter specifically it really doesn't matter to the people that are complaining about it. They just want to argue about it. it. Might matter to somebody watching. So whether it be you know the 
the gay characters from one and two, the trans character from two, the race swapped character, anything. It might matter to somebody that they finally find and see themselves represented. It it does not matter to the person complaining about it. They just want to fucking complain. And yeah. and that's why I don't give these people any fucking time. <laughs> no, they don't deserve it. No, yeah. no, they don't. Actually watch the thing and then yeah. analyze it and, and look at what you're actually watching and, and explore it on the merits of eyes. Don't get hung up on what color someone is. Exactly that. For, yeah, for example. Uh, yeah, so that, I think I think I'm going to stop it there. I'm going to wrap this up there. So I'm just going to say again, thanks for joining me, man. It's been really cool. My pleasure. Uh, Great to talk it. Uh, and thanks everybody for joining us. And I can't wait to to keep talking about this. So roll on next week's episode. I'm really looking forward to seeing where it, it takes us now. So, like I say, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And remember, when you're lost in the darkness, look for the lights. Welcome to the Third Age of Podcasting. The year is 2023. The name of the podcast is A Dream Given Form. Join us for the 30th anniversary of Babylon 5 as we move to fortnightly episodes looking back at The Gathering, the pilot episode of Babylon 5, season 1 and beyond with a plethora of guests to join us too. The Gathering is just the one week where we critique. There's some good stuff in there, but we can absolutely critique too, I think. I completely agree, definitely. I liken The Gathering and the first episode. I kind of compare them to the X-Files pilot and Deep Throat. I wouldn't say hate, but it's a very, very strong yeah. dislike of the cycle. Yeah, well, I feel like the cycle ruined uh, one of us childhood. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, essentially. I mean, also, enough, as well, there were levels. There's Talia representing the cycle that, that destroyed her mother, and then there's Besta and... Oh, Be- Besta, there's Besta and Kelsey you know who are just psychopaths and you know they are the personification of everything that she hates and be sure to check out all our content for the last year of a dream given form including thematic lookbacks at the show and today we're going to be discussing the three prominent leaders of babylon 5 sinclair sheridan and delen we thought we would combine our two greatest loves because it's not just Babylon five it's lord of the rings 2 because there's a lot of lord of the rings influences that jms drew upon developing Babylon five and even interviews with some of the stars of Babylon five itself he said i'll tell you what he said what would you like to do if you had a character i said first of all i don't want to carry a ray gun i don't want to carry a blaster or a transporter thing beam me up scotty I want to be different than everybody you have on here. And I want to carry a sword because that is what he lives by. That's part of his thing, his warrior mentality. I love hearing that people are still interested in in Babylon 5. And, uh, you know, it's really an honor to to continue the conversation around a show that meant so much to us. And, you know, it's the little show that could. So check out a Dream Given Form, a Baron 5 podcast on the We Made This Network. The last best hope for peace. Mm-hmm.